Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Wednesday, April 19th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, and we are joined once again uh, by another guest, special guest joining us here during the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, former pro hockey player Joel Broda with us here on the show today. Joel, welcome to the Ice Guys. How are things with you? Yeah, good, good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you uh, with us. So tell us the hockey journey of Joel Broda. I know it was a little AHL early on, then over to Europe for a bit, but uh, tell us about your uh, playing days. Yeah, I played, uh, grew up playing in the Western League. I, I started out my junior career playing in Tri-Cities. Um, played there for a couple seasons. I traded to Moosejaw when I was 18 in my draft year. Um, had a had a good year there and ended up, ended up getting drafted by the Capitals in the fifth round um, of that year's draft, I think 2007. I uh, went to my first NHL camp and came back uh, really excited and ended up having a, probably my best junior season. Had uh, led the led the league in goals. Had fifth over, I think, had fifty three goals that year in the regular season. So I had a really good season. Good season, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the Caps were pretty stacked in terms of their prospects and stuff. But I think that was right around the time they had back to back Calder Cup champions going on there. Uh, they were winning the President's Trophy, so I didn't end up getting signed. Went back for my overage year. Uh, was a little bummed out at the start, but then uh, fired her up again and actually it was a great season. Ended up winning the uh, the Western Hockey League Championship, so that was pretty cool. Went to the Mem Cup. We didn't end up end up winning it, but uh, that was a pretty cool experience for me to be able to win a championship like that. Um, then fast forward to pro. I didn't end up signing with the Capitals. The writing was kind of on the wall. Signed a three-year deal with um, the Wild. Um, went down to Houston, uh, their American affiliate at the time. Uh, had a good start and then unfortunately got injured and was kind of in and out of the lineup. Ended up getting demoted the rest of that year. Uh, had surgery that summer on a sports hernia and then uh, had, a good, had a good second season. And then the third season was the lockout year. Which was tough timing. Wow, that's a tumultuous ride you were on in your career, just with what that little segment you just went on right there. Yeah, no, lots of ups and downs. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was tough timing for me because I was kind of coming off a really good second season, and that's when they had all the superstars down in the American League. Unfortunately for me, they had Charlie Coyle and Jason Zucker and Michael Granlund, uh, a bunch of really good players that that obviously need to that play. That aren't Minnesota and, Wild players why anymore. They need to play. They're all very successful uh, NHLers now. Um, yeah. A lot of guys in, on that team actually. Darcy Kemper was our goalie. He was demoted at the start of that year, so right, yeah, kind of been cool to see lots of uh, lots of the guys I grew up and played with, uh, had experiences with. Um, just to see some of them have success, where they end up. Uh, so that's been cool. So long story short, didn't really work out with Minnesota, kind of kicked around in the minor leagues a year or two, trying to find some new opportunities and um, actually ended up coming full circle. I played with the American League affiliate uh, Hershey when uh, my last year pro. Uh, so I was back in the Caps organization, although I was just uh, 
signed with Hershey. So I, I played there for another year, met some more guys there, guys like Chandler Stevenson, uh, Michael Grubauer, um, Connor Carrick was there. So a bunch of just, I don't know, met lots of people. I played on lots of teams. And, and then after that, I decided I was going to go overseas. Play, ended up playing in Austria, uh, played for a few different teams in that league. We really enjoyed the league. Played there for about seven years and then uh, kind of decided, hey, it's time to do something else. So just started up doing some real estate in my home hometown in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And um, yeah, just uh, living the living the post-hockey life, which has kind of been nice for me. I haven't, uh, haven't been around for a lot of stuff for a lot of winters. So, so just reconnecting with the family and friends and, and being around and doing that some of that stuff that I grew up doing has been, been pretty cool. That's a great list of players you obviously had connections with in your uh, playing days, you know, especially over in North America. And you're right, there's not a single player we've had on this show that says a bad word about playing in Europe. Everybody seems to love the experiences. Doesn't matter the country, right? Sweden, yeah, Germany. Yeah, everybody's happy and and very and enjoys the time and the experiences they have over there. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it was it was unbelievable just to go over there and be able to experience it and and see what life is like over there. Get a little bit of uh, different taste of, of what life's all about and see some places and get paid to do it and, and meet some great people. It's always nice meeting, uh, meeting other hockey guys. They're all just good people and you meet their families. And, and, uh, when, when you get over there, especially you're, you're kind of in the same boat in North America, but when you get over there, obviously for a lot of, uh, import players or players from North America that go over there, um, you know, uh, you get really close to them. They're, they're your support system there. They're your family. You don't have all those other connections, you know, family is in a couple hours away. Um, so you, you really rely on each other and help each other. And whether it's watching somebody else's kids, if they got an appointment or someone's sick or, you know, so a lot of that stuff. Uh, yeah. We made some really, really good friends that uh, hopefully we can continue our friendship for, for long after, which I think will happen. So. Yeah, and you mentioned one player that you had association with, I think, in the Hershey days with the Bears, the home of the teddy bear toss, of course, which yeah, that's what they're known for. There is Chandler Stevenson. And what a, that you talk about someone that works hard and has developed their game and improved and worked hard at it to get to where he is right now. And he's a bona fide top six forward now and played a lot of top line minutes the last uh, couple of seasons for the Vegas Golden Knights. So you know, to see him in particular, you know, expand his game and improve, it tells you, you know, sometimes the work you put in and what you can do with it to improve your game. He's done that. So yeah, he definitely is the one that stood out with all the names you mentioned it. Wow. What a nice career he's, he's made it for himself just based on working and improving and, and just sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually played with Stevie in his rookie season there. So yeah, you could see the talent level and you could see the, the, the gifts and stuff and it was just him kind of figuring out that consistency every night and, and putting those those tools to use every night and and you could just see the growth that kind of took place and he's a good old saskatchewan boy so uh yeah he's, he's as good as they come so he can't say a bad word about him no of course not yeah no he's he's great and we're, we're still buds i still keep in contact with him a little bit even though he's way down there but yeah couldn't be prouder or happier for the guys one of the one of the best guys so yeah, and he's, yeah, his transformation, you know, he kind of came into the league uh, with Washington as kind of that third, fourth line guy. And uh, that trade to Vegas, he kind of turned his game up to a whole nother level, which, 
you could always see the talent, but there's there's um, there's a lot of talent in that league. So, like you said, to just keep working and improving his game um, and put himself in that position to where he's a bona fide top six guy is 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 pretty cool and pretty impressive. Yeah, there's there's no question. Although horrific night, which we will get to for him and his Vegas yeah. Golden Knights uh, last night in Game One against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you're in Saskatchewan, so I got to ask the Connor Bedard question. Uh, uh, you know, because he obviously played with the Regina Pats. Uh, I don't know if you got to see him in person play or anything like that, but uh, I did. I ended up missing him oh. when he came to our hometown. Why I asked the yeah. Raiders, uh, but then uh, I had to make sure I, I saw him because it might be one of the last times you get to see him live, especially in the Western League. So uh, I drove down to Saskatoon with my wife, and we ended up catching a game there and ended up watching him score his uh, 70th, 70th goal on the Blades. So it was worth the drive to, to see that. Nice. And yeah, he's – yeah, he's, just what he did this year was – it was crazy, not only statistic-wise, but um, – what he did for the Western League, um, selling out every every rink he's been to, it, it was crazy. And yeah, he's he was worth the price of admission for that, especially especially that show. He, I didn't end up getting to watch the the playoffs, but the show he put on in the playoffs too just kind of was a exclamation point on a pretty uh, pretty unbelievable goals and like what twenty points, nineteen points in in seven games. I think it was like eleven or twelve. I think it was like eleven or twelve goals. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's seven playoff games. He's just too good for junior hockey. Yeah. So that's exactly he's why he's going to go number one overall and he's going to go straight into the NHL. He's going to not even obviously be in the AHL. He's going to go straight yep. into the NHL right away. Yeah. I would I would think he's a 30, 30 goal, 60, 70 point guy next year. Thinking of yeah. In the yeah. NHL. You got to get I think him it'll take him time to get to like 50, 60 yeah. type yeah. Yeah. It'll take him like a couple of years, I think, to get to 50, 60 type goal, uh, seasons, gold seasons yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, I think there's a big, big learning curve there and some experience. But yeah, within two, three years, I think he's going to be going to be uh, vying for that uh, Rocket Richard trophy there. I think just the, the way you can shoot the puck and even watching the World Juniors there, the way uh, I think. Uh, Jeff O'Neill kind of talked about it. Everybody knew he was a sniper. He could, you know, toe drag and whatever. But just seeing the way he could control the game at that level. Yeah. With all the mm -hmm. best players in junior hockey who are two years older than him. Yeah, like, that's uh, And bigger. His vision, um, his vision, his complete game, even the game I watched him. He's going for 70 goals. He's still back checking. He's still tying his guy up in front of the net. Like he ended up blocking a shot. It's like, oh, you know, like still kind of has some of those intangibles even – even when obviously he doesn't really have to, um, he's still doing it. So pretty impressive. Yeah, it is extremely impressive. And uh, that's great. You got to see him in person. And uh, hopefully Saskatchewan got their Connor Bedard fix because that fix has come to an end. Uh, his, yeah, uh, I think it are, has, yeah. Yeah, his junior days are uh, definitely done. And uh, we'll find out just in a couple of weeks, obviously, uh, where he's going to end up being drafted. All right, before we turn our attention to the Stanley Cup playoffs with our first-time guests that uh, join us on the show, we do a little – get into the vault joel and we go to the highlight reel uh that's a little surprise that a lot and I, I don't say this to anybody any of our guests when we pull out the highlight reel i don't say shit to them before the show starts about it okay it, it comes in as a surprise as we pull the uh, highlight from their uh playing days uh so we've got two actually for joel broda we've got a goal <laughs> and a scrap oh, okay our guy, uh, joel broda so let's uh let's see the goal that we found from him 
in his playing days. Here it is. Yeah. Look at that. Breakaway. I believe this is the Austrian League. Uh, you can hear the uh, language in the uh, background. That's uh, just my uh, uh, pseudo-German there that I'm trying to say. But look at that goal. Great finish. Great snipe. Look at that. Great yeah, shot. the old uh, snapper five holes, my my breakaway special there. So everybody who played with me knew that that was my my go to every time I went in on a breakaway. But uh, yeah, I think uh, that means they didn't do their scouting a report. Percentage with it though, so <laughs> they didn't do their scouting report. That team you scored on the coach no, and the goalie, they're supposed to know no. that shit. Yeah, that's right. He should have read it. He should have known it was coming because it was coming. Yeah, no doubt. And then we've got, obviously, you, th you threw down a few times, more than a few times, of course, uh, during your playing days. So this was actually, when I looked it up, this was one of the better scraps. It was a short fight, actually. But, you know, for the short amount of time this fight took place, that you were throwing bombs with uh, this guy. The Shane puck Prince. is on edge, and with the fresh ice, it is a, oh, the icing waved off. Good speed by Joel Broda. In comes Byers to take over. Always oh, cross-checked out from behind. And now oh, Broda's yeah. going to go back and challenge here. we got a scrap going. Dane Byers was was uh, knocked out from behind, and that is Shane Prince going at it with Joel Broda. Those two go down, and Broda well, ends up by top. Down too. Joel nice Broda signal. comes in. There you go. No there you go. Was White made on the hit from behind. Dane yeah. Byers didn't Good like job. it, and that's, Joel that's Broda didn't good. like it anymore. Got the takedown. Got a couple of licks in there with those punches. Yep. Yeah. Decision to Joel Broda. That's my old. My old uh, captain, my buddy, uh, Dane Byers. So, yeah, I think I had a couple scraps because of him getting checked from behind. So I'll have to, I'll have to remind him of that, that uh, <laughs> I was cleaning up after him. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's a, the, that, that's the great thing about uh, YouTube is that uh, we'll find stuff that's documented for life. So you can't say, hey, this yeah. didn't happen. When it's on YouTube, oh, it happened. Yeah. And well, they, thanks for, uh, I'm sure there were some some uglier clips you could have picked. So thanks for being <laughs> nice to me there and picking some of my better ones. So. Hey, we're nice to every player. We don't embarrass them. Like freaking yeah. when Bobby Ryan was on last year during the playoffs, we're, we're actually get, showing the goal of his career, basically, when he just did a tap dance on Dipsy yeah, Duel with David Leguan. Yeah, I think I have, the, I have the highlight in my mind of Bobby Ryan when you'd pick for sure. Yeah, that was his uh, goal of the uh, of, of of his life. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, great stuff. Uh, let's turn our attention to the playoffs. Uh, just quickly, we'll go with rapid fire through the uh, four games last night. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll uh, start with the um, Rangers and Devils. Um, that 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 game and that series started the way I hoped. I was on the I'm, I bet the Rangers in the series at a very good plus one ten price. So uh, again, that's you know for me that was with. Uh, I think it was five hundred dollars, so it was five hundred to win five fifty uh, with the uh, New York Rangers, uh, and it's off to a great start with the uh, game one victory uh, last night. And a reason why I like the Rangers in the series, and I took their team total over last night. That was just a great game from a betting standpoint for me. Uh, one more than we lost in that game for sure. The reason for that was I thought the Rangers' experience in that series would shine through. For the Devils, it's just there's ten players on that team with. Uh, playoff experience and the 10 players that do have playoff experience for the devils it's not many games uh, at all under their belt so you know it kind of looked that way for the devils last night it's a big edge in net for igor shesterkin and it really kind of looked that way uh early in the game not that vanacek was terrible but he wasn't great either uh, the rangers picked their spots uh, ryan lindgren had a great game including scoring a key goal uh, for the rangers to put that game out of reach uh, you saw the uh, performances certainly from Adam Fox, what four assists uh, in the game. 
absolutely outstanding. And I think the Ranger blue line is a little bit more physical than the New Jersey Devils blue line, and it kind of showed that way. They kind of uh, made it tough, and they really exploited some weaknesses on the New Jersey team defensively. They were activating the blue line, the Rangers, quite a bit, and I think it had this young Devils team kind of frantic in their own defensive zone uh, throughout the game last night, just losing coverage over and over again. It happened for New Jersey, so it was a very good first impression for the Rangers. Now, I will say this about the Rangers, and our guy who's a resident Ranger fan that watches this show and was on the BetCast with us last night, John Massey, said this. They don't make it easy on themselves. The Rangers fans often are tortured by these six, seven game marathon series, regardless of who they play. It's always a tough one. It's always, you know, goes the distance. So he says this is series isn't over by a long shot. And he actually likes New Jersey in game two. Uh, We'll see about that. I still feel good about the Rangers in the series, but uh, yeah, let's see if they've got some uh, uh, ability to put their foot on the throat of the opponent in game two and maybe go up to nothing uh, in this series. but a great first game. Uh, and you can tell for New Jersey, including Jack Hughes, who I thought had a minimal impact on the game for as great a season as he's had. Playoff level of hockey is a totally different animal. And maybe it takes a game for you to realize just what's required, you know, at this time of year. Uh, Alex, uh, Rangers, Devils, what did you think? Yeah, well, I was delighted. I had that first period over as uh, that was my biggest bet of the night. That was the best yep. bet on the show as well. And uh, cashed that with ease. A couple of quick goals really could have easily been uh, tied at two. Out of the first period, you know, Devils had ample chances on both of those power plays. Uh, it was a, a great frenetic pace for, I'd say, about 35 minutes of the game. And then they kind of slowed down. We saw the defense uh, take over for the Rangers. Of course, they got things rolling uh, in the offensive department. And that's the thing. They wear you down. They know how they can match you on the on the, the speed game and, and play, uh, you know, east and west. But they can cycle you to death, too and move the puck around and get you out of sorts. And if, if they can wear you down physically on top of that, that's the edge uh, in the series for New York. That on top of, of course, the goaltending of Shesterkin. Uh, but like I said, I think this could be a little bit of a zigzag early. I would lean toward New Jersey in game two. Probably going to be right back on the first period over as well if we get uh, as good of a price as we got yesterday, dollar to dollar ten. Uh, I would like to think that would be adjusted a little higher. But if not, um, I'll just hop right back on it. So uh, it's going to be a fun series. There's a reason I didn't jump in. Uh, pre-series with any bets because I just kind of felt this is going to be a back-and-forth battle and things would probably settle down later on into the series, and I think that's when it favors New York to advance. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, very lucky because I was on that first period over, and Alex, congrats on that with the big uh, – that was your favorite bet on the board yesterday, but I had over five-and-a-half as well, and that was 4 nothing late in the third. Rangers are trying to shut it down. They give up a breakaway to Hughes, take a penalty, penalty shot. Uh, Jack Hughes scores on it to make it 4-1. And then the Devils uh, actually pulled the goalie uh, down four to one. Uh, Lindy Ruff made that decision, and then of course Philip Heedle, who had a goal prop on it, like a plus four twenty five price, scores the empty netter. So it was just a perfect ending. I cashed the Heedle prop. The game goes over five and a half with that five one goal into the empty net. So it was just an amazing uh, ending to that game for me from a uh, financial standpoint. That's for sure. <laughs> Lightning and Leafs. Um, look, I- I'm going to keep it brief. Um, Everyone is going to look at this game with Toronto last night. We saw it. It was embarrassing to see how they weren't ready to play. This collective nucleus of Matthews and Marner in particular uh, that have been there for years, Tavares, you're not ready to play, and you're and you're nervous. You're tight like a drum early, and it showed. You know, you were just 
turning it over. That's a horrendous turnover on the first goal by Aston Reese, the fourth liner for the uh, Leafs there. Horrendous. Uh, and they end, it ends up in the back of their net. Uh, breakdown in coverage. Not clear in the rebounds. Not clear in the front of the net. Samsonov had issues with rebound control, so he deserves some blame too. But in front of him, a bunch of donies. That's what yeah. they were. I mean, yeah, they were I just... Up, I ended up watching the first period too there. and uh, They zoomed in on... Um, there's this one kid sitting in the stands... That they caught at the end right after Kucherov scored that third goal. And it just his face summed up Leaf Nation there. It was just this distraught look. Again. Not yeah, again. That, yeah. that franchise is just just gets tormented every every year with this. Yeah. Yeah. Every year with this 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 horse shit. And, and that's what it's becoming right now with this uh, Leafs team. Just horrendous play in the uh, opening period. Down 3 nothing. They cut it to 3-2. And at that point, wow, we got a game again here. 3-2. The building is buzzing. It was a great shot. What a snipe by Nylander uh, to get it to 3-2. But then another penalty is taken. Yeah. And then it goes to 4-2 Tampa. And even then, it's 4-2. They're still not out of the game completely. And then we saw what happened with Michael Bunting. Stupid penalty to take. Yeah. Dumb reckless you know selfish and it was a selfish penalty because you're putting your team behind the eight ball it just got to within a goal and actually four two and even at four two you're still in the game the second yeah, period oh, yeah. you're down two at home you get the next goal you're right there again and yeah. michael bunting effectively takes his team out of the game with that needless elbow and it was warranting a five minute major it was late it there was elevation in his elbow to the head area of chernak uh the puck was not in the area yeah. It deserved the five-minute penalty, uh, flat out. You can't. It's just a stupid play to make. And Jeff O'Neill—that's the word he used on TSN as well. Stupid. It's exactly yeah. what it was. It's, it's it's tough. Those he's one of those guys that bit of a Brad Marchand type player that they they uh, they ride the line of being great players. They contribute a lot, and people, you know, their team especially, they like that edge that those guys bring and the competitiveness and. And that, but um, there's some emotional spillover that happens yep. sometimes, and and those brain farts or whatever you want to call it, and and it uh, was yeah, that's that's a playoff, that's playoffs, and that's a hard lesson um, that he, he's probably learning. I, I'm sure he probably regrets it, but um, it, it's it's tough because you want to like he's he's been in the league a few years now, so he's kind of it's like you got to know this. It's not like he's a first or second year guy. It's not his first playoff series, I don't think. Might be a second was last year's first year with the Leafs. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, um, it's tough. You're trying to do everything to give your team an advantage and sometimes that happens, but yeah, it's, it's uh, it's not a good feeling when you put your, your team in that position. And then, yeah, essentially the way that uh, just watching the, the Tampa Bay lightning, their power play, like it, it's, it's fun to watch. Want to give them penalties. Like the way they move. I like, I think Kucherov's, Probably he, he should be regarded as one of the best half wall guys of all time. The way that he can shoot the puck, the way that he can pass the puck, the deception he can use, the plays that he makes. It's just, it's fun to watch. And he, he the way he finds guys, whether it's Stan Coast or they're just a well oiled machine. So, um, yeah, to give those guys five minutes, five minutes straight on the power play when you're down a couple goals, you know, they're getting at least one, maybe two. And that's the game. 
Yeah, and that was the game essentially because right after that five-minute penalty, make it 5-2. I know we we weren't totally sure. We saw the puck completely cross the goal line, but apparently there was one angle where it did look like it actually was completely over. So I don't have a huge issue with that. No Leaf fans are Leaf fans are trying to find any way to blame someone other than the team. Uh, some of them they'll blame the ref. They'll blame uh, some of the calls. Uh, they'll blame, but they won't blame anybody on the team. That's what they're kind of like. So five, two, and then the backbreaker was the six, two goal at the end of the second. And that was when you knew it was over. There was no coming back. And then they made the right decision. Take Samson off. It wasn't his best game. And they go to Joe wall and it ends up seven, three Tampa. So yes, obviously one game, but what a horrendous first impression for a team. That's just had zero success. And you're under the microscope there. So that adds to it. Right. But yeah, that. That hot seat you're in Toronto, man. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I could, I could see being tight going into that game because, holy man, they've been talking about this for this this first game. It's been on everyone's mind for two months. They knew it was going to be Tampa two months ago. You had two months yeah. to get yourself in the right mental frame of mind to start yeah. Game One last night, and that's what you put out there. That's yeah. what you put out there uh, on the ice in Game One. Absolutely remarkable. And look, the, the Game Two might be a leaf spot. Victor Hedman's very questionable. Eric Chernak might be very questionable, and you could be very depleted on the back end if you're Tampa Bay going into game two. And certainly Toronto should feel embarrassed and ready to throw, uh, be you know, hellfire and brimstone, yeah. answer anger, the, answer the desperation, urgency, and all that in game two. But yeah. I, I ain't touching it in game two. I will say this right now, as far as game two is concerned, I will not commit $1 of my <laughs> bankroll to a bet on this damn team in game two. Not one single dollar. <laughs> All right, it's not going to happen. All well, right? it might be different if it was uh, someone else, but you're you're betting against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, the competitiveness that that group has and the experience they have—they've been through it all, man. What haven't they been through? They've been through the the first round fumbles and upsets. They've been through the tough series. Like you know, they're just a, they're just going to keep on chugging, in my opinion. Yeah, but the, the fact that they've been through it all is the reason why I don't trust. Them. You know, I, I, like I said, you know, how, how can they keep this pace and level up through, throughout the series? You know, the fact that they showed, you know, like I said, a little signs of let up and a little bit of a, of a fight we saw back from Toronto, like I said, to even make that 3-2 and, and kind of have that close and then they pull away. But, you know, who's to say that, you know, that okay, that happens next time. Now they don't get that 4-2 goal. It becomes 3-3, then they lose the lead. You know, and then that momentum starts to build for Toronto. I think the the swings of momentum are so big here, you know, because you're talking about, you know, these two different forces, right? We're talking about the three-time defending Eastern Conference champions. We're talking about a team that hasn't gotten a first round since high-definition television existed. And the fact that you have those two forces going back and forth, uh, you know, it, it's making for a dramatic downturn or, or upswing on, on either side it's, it's really a push-pull series and, and you know it makes it great for a live betting but it makes it a lot harder to try to, to determine something beforehand yeah no that that's a good assessment yeah it is and uh so uh, alex um look I, I don't blame you one bit for being high on toronto and anti-tampa where do you stand right now after game one well like i said i mean it's a terrible start for toronto but you know, do they have the ability to throw this game completely away and start from scratch in game two? Uh, that's the question remains the scene, and that's the way they have to approach it now at this point, right? You can't you can't harbor on this because that's that's been the issue the entire time back is that you keep harboring on the losses, you keep harboring on what has happened. So you have to throw this out. You have to you have to pretty much say there is a six game series and, and, and we are shorthanded in it, and we have to start here. This is game one now. 
If you're Toronto, you got to embrace it the same way, you know, you got to tap into Washington capital mentality. It's kind of like, what do, they what have do we have to lose here? They, capable what do we have to lose? Yeah, right. You know, that, they, they've mm. been through it all. Yeah, see, all the I, don't know if they can, and, I don't know if they can afford to even put themselves in that situation. They probably haven't even been in that situation during the regular season. You know, yeah. the pressure has mounted so much at this point that you have to just completely tune it out. You can't even you can't use it to fuel anything at this point because it's not it's not positive fuel. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Crazy situation there. <laughs> Crazy situation. So let's move on because it's just it's 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 unbelievable that uh that's this has happened. That that was the first game from the Toronto Maple Leafs after all these failures. That's what they put out there last night. But none still came up today though. That's something they gotta work right. on. So it is only one game. It is only one game. And our guy that joined us on Monday, uh, who I was talking with earlier today, Brandon DeFazio, was saying the same thing that uh you know, I, I'm not panicking yet, so I, I applaud his uh, bra- I applaud his uh, optimism. Uh, that's for sure. All right, uh, the two West games: Bravo, Winnipeg; Bravo, Seattle. Uh, huge road underdogs. Well, not huge in the Winnipeg case, but uh, still a dominant win over Vegas. Vegas was awful. All right, Vegas couldn't make a play with the puck. They barely had the puck. They barely got any shots or high danger chances against the Jets. Jets played a hell of a defensive game. Uh, holding Vegas below 20 shots on goal on their home ice. Are you shitting me? What an incredible job that was uh, by Winnipeg last night. Uh, tough first game for Eichel. You could tell first playoff game. Another guy that's experiencing this for the first time. Maybe going to take him some time. Vegas just didn't generate much. Like they were stuck in mud. They looked slow. They look compl- They really looked slow. And Winnipeg's not overly fast. It's not like Winnipeg is a speed demon by any stretch of the imagination. But they made Win- uh, Vegas look slow. Uh, last night uh, in that game, and the Jets were full marks for that uh, four to five to one victory, which a brutal beat. If you had under five and a half, by the way, my gosh, my condolences. That was awful. The five one goal scored with what fifteen seconds left to put it over the total. That's tough. That is a tough beat. Uh, if you were on the uh, under five and a half in that game, and Seattle, Seattle last night in their game, Alex, they showed they could skate with Colorado. The pace is not too big for them because they are a fast hockey team. Line one through four. The defense are mobile for the uh, Kraken. And for Colorado, look, they didn't generate much down 3-1 in their own building at home in game one. Seattle shut them down. And credit to Philip Grubauer. You think this series means something to him? You think there's not thoughts going through his mind entering game one tomorrow night? Hey, this team punted on me the year before we won the cup. They won the cup and said, hey, they didn't think I was good enough. You know, and they went to Darcy. Now, it obviously worked out for Colorado, so... But for Grubauer still, at least from a head-to-head standpoint, this is his first time to prove to Colorado in a playoff series, hey, you know, fuck you guys for uh, not re-signing me. Uh, I'm here, I'm ready to play, and I'm ready to beat your ass. And that was a hell of a performance by Philip Grubauer. That was the game of the season from him. Because let's be honest, he's had an uneven season in net for Seattle. Some good, some bad, ups and downs. So bad at one point, Martin Jones was getting the boatload of starts uh, earlier in the season for the Seattle Kraken. But that was a phenomenal effort in net. And I think that's a guy playing with some severe motivation. Everyone wants to win. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs, win a cup, win a series, and advance. But I think there's a little personal motivation for Philip Grubauer that Colorado didn't let him walk and did not re-sign him uh, a couple of seasons ago. But that was a great team effort from Seattle. Opportunistic offensively. The penalty kill was outstanding. 
they I, I don't want to say that after one game over at say Seattle's winning the series, but Seattle's very live in this series now after what I saw. They they can skate with Colorado. If it's a pace game, Seattle can hang in with it. And you've got a regular season series of Seattle versus Colorado filled with results that prove they can play with this team because every time they played each other in the regular season, it was a tough game for Colorado. And we saw more of it last night, Alex, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, not only do I feel more comfortable about Seattle's chances, but I didn't like how Colorado responded at times where they needed to have a little bit more urgency. It just wasn't there. Uh, And if they can't call the action in in those times, I mean, that's what got them through it to winning the Stanley Cup last year. It could be a trouble in the series, potentially, because like I said, Seattle's really the team playing with nothing to lose. Uh, You know, no one's counting them to do much of anything. And, and they have a real chance now with now with home ice on their side, they can take a serious stranglehold in the series uh, playing a game, too. So, uh, you know, that, that's one I'm not going to be betting on pregame. I'm going to be waiting to bet live, but I'm leaning toward looking at Seattle if Columbus can't or sorry, Columbus, Colorado, rather, can't come out hot uh, and, and jump out to a big lead. They have to show that that urgency and determination, I'd say, in the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, and the thing is, too, even if you like Colorado in Game 2 and you want them to bounce back and you think they can even up the series, I mean, these these game-to-game prices in the series really aren't going to fluctuate too much when you look at it. And here we go again where you're looking at, you know, minus one, uh, minus 200, 215 with Colorado. You know, and this feels like a closer series matchup-wise and going back to the regular season between the Kraken and the Avs that, you know, minus 215 is a big price to be putting out there on a Colorado team that has not had it easy in a single game this year, head-to-head against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Joel, what did you think of the two West games, Winnipeg Collar, and Winnipeg and Seattle, rather, victorious? I uh, I didn't get a chance to watch either of those games live. I was catching up a little bit on some of, uh, some of the highlights and stuff. I didn't catch a lot of highlights on the Vegas game, but did catch a little bit more on the cracking game there. And, and we talked a little bit about it before the pregame and, and yeah, I think, uh, I think the factor you talked about with Gruby there, um, having something to prove from my experience, um, a motivated goaltender that, that can be the difference in the series very easily, especially, you know, early on in the playoffs and, um, you know, Colorado, like you, you touched on Alex, um, you know, they might have the, the Stanley Cup hangover going on a little bit, but they got to figure that out quick because um, when you're playing a team like that with nothing to lose, I, I've been on the other side where I've been that team that uh, that kind of is expected to win and, and the game one doesn't go your way and you kind of say, oh, well, they got lucky. And, and game two comes and they win another one. Then all of a sudden it's like it's, it's pretty much do or die at that point. So, um, you know, they, they got to wake up you know, be ready for game two and not kind of just kind of shrug it off and, and kind of say, oh, we're the champs. We'll figure it out, you know. So so that's something that, that needs to be addressed right away. And, and um, you know, it'll be interesting to see going into game two what Colorado team you see because we've obviously seen um, what they can do and what they're capable of last year. And they have had some injuries and stuff this year. But, um, you know, all the core pieces are still there. So, And, and it actually leads me to a good question, Joel. If you're the team like Seattle, you're up on the road one nothing. You have a chance to take that that two nothing lead back home. How crucial is it for that locker room to say, "Hey, let's get this win here and control our own destiny," so they can get back home with that lead? Like, how how imperative is that? It it is yeah, it's really important getting that uh, you know 
as a visiting team, the underdogs in the series, not having home ice advantage to, you know, that's your goal heading into Colorado. You're going in there to get a split. Anything above a split is great, but your goal is take one out of there. If you can get the first one, great. But uh, even the series out and, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with a bunch of guys now in Seattle that uh, they're all like Philip Grubauer. They all have a chip on their shoulder. They all have something to prove. And, uh, you know, it's taken an extra season, but uh, they didn't do the Vegas run to the finals uh, like they did their first year. But, uh, you know, they're, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. That, that chip on your shoulder and that, that uh, something to prove, that, that takes guys a long way. And, and if you have a whole team that has that and they figure it out and they figure out how to play together, um, that's a that's a force to be reckoned with. And um, Like I, Vegas I, I in year one all, all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And, and then you have a couple guys with a couple personal vendettas, one of them being the goalie. I think it's going to be a, an interesting series, I think. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, like I said, that's a, that's a fascinating series now. Uh, and um, another thing, too, is where the hell is Colorado going to get third, fourth line offense? The more I look at it, they did nothing. Absolutely zip last night, the third and the fourth line from Colorado. They didn't even have any scoring chances, really. I mean, Rantanen and uh, McKinnon obviously had their opportunities. Seven shots on goal for McKinnon, and I think Rantanen had like uh, a bunch as well. But you know, a lot of shots on. They had a bunch of chances, but I'm worried they don't have that forward depth. I'm convinced of it that they did last year when they won the uh, Stanley Cup. So that's a little concerning. Uh, with what, yeah, and, meanwhile, Seattle's getting a goal from Morgan Geeky, which was that key three to one goal down their lineup that put the game away, and they got nothing from McCann and Dunn. So you could even say for Seattle winning, you know, they that's a gr- that's a great sign they won that game in Colorado with nothing from McCann or Dunn, who have been their dominant offensive performers this season as well. So, yeah, Burakovsky and Kadri, their losses hurt. There's no doubt. Kadri too, because Kadri fit in nicely with Colorado. I know he didn't have a great year in Calgary, but he fit in nicely in Colorado, and you can tell they're missing him right now for sure. Yep. All right, we got four games tonight in on this Wednesday slate. Let's get to it. Game two. Islanders Hurricanes. We've got the uh, Carolina Hurricanes minus one seventy home favorites, five and a half the total in this uh, game. Two wouldn't sh- surprise me honestly if Carolina makes it two nothing. I think this has the chance to be a homer series because Carolina. Let's be honest, Carolina's lost one home playoff game the last two seasons, and it was Game Seven, second round against the New York Rangers last year. It's the only evidence we've seen. Uh, of Carolina losing on home ice here in the Stanley Cup playoffs the last two seasons. So they've been very good here. Uh, it's a nice environment. And it's the same environment that I'm sure the Islanders are going to get back at UBS Arena for game three and four. So I could really see the home team pre- prevailing here in the majority of this series. The only bet I have in this game is the draw. I'm going to come back to it again tonight, even though it fell short uh, in game one. We nearly got there. Uh, and uh, again, uh, this is a series I think is going to have at the very least one or two. Uh, overtime games with just how tight these games are you know good defensive hockey teams especially Carolina although the Islanders they're a good defensive hockey team because of their goalie and that's Ilya Sorokin they're actually not as good in terms of danger chances allowed shots on goal per game allowed they're giving up a lot more shots the New York Islanders and I'm coming back to the Sorokin saves tonight uh, in this game for the Islanders so that's the thing about playoff hockey you don't have to bet the money line you don't have to bet who's going to win the game. You don't have to bet the total. You can find other ways to try to profit and make money and prop wagers 
you know, different means of trying to attack it, you know, at this time of year. And I think this is a game where it's going to be, I think, a one goal. It's going to be a tight game again. You're going to have Sorokin and Ranta, the two respective goalies back in net for their teams uh, here tonight. As far as lineup adjustments, obviously Carolina is not going to adjust much. I'm sure they're very happy with their game uh, the, in the other night. Uh, and the New York Islanders, it looks like for them, not really any major adjustments either. I mean, it still looks like a very similar lineup forwards and defense compared to game one. So Lane Lambert opting not to make many changes. But, you know, this is what the series is going to be. It's going to be hard to find open ice. You know, it's two teams that are good at keeping the puck out of the net. For Carolina, it's more the team defense that is so good at keeping the puck out of the net. For the Islanders, it's more their goalie, Sorokin, because I don't think they're nearly as good defensively in front of uh, their goalie, the Islanders, as they've been in the past under Barry Trotz. But because their goalie can bail them out, they're still able to keep teams to uh, a lower amount of goals. So, you know, it's I know it was under easily in game one. It probably, I, it's hard for me to bet an over in this series, let me tell you that. So, uh, I'm going to go draw at a nice price here in this uh, game. Uh, take a shot that this game goes to overtime, which again, and I think we're going to eventually see some overtime hockey in this series just by nature of how close these games uh, are going to be uh, between the Islanders and Hurricanes. You can get plus 340 uh, at FanDuel uh, for the draw in this game. Uh, and I'm also going to look at the uh, Ilya Sorokin saves prop uh, once again. Uh, here tonight, Alex. What do you think? Game two, Islanders, Hurricanes. Yeah, I, I actually grabbed I actually grabbed three twenty for the draw uh, at Bet Online, but I played it a little bit smaller because I'm just kind of riding with this great, you know, serious bet that I have. I'm hoping that I can get another Carolina win at home. Uh, like I said I have that forty-eight to one ticket for uh, the series to go seven games with each home team getting the victory. So uh, I, I'm just riding that wave, and I think this is going to be a much tighter game. Like I said, definitely seems like it could be two-two heading into overtime and. I think we have OT here. I think we can see multiple times. I think we can see this game really tighten up even more uh, once we do see those OTs. So that may steal anybody's lives to get a goal uh, in this series if it goes to OT. I think, you know, the, the unlikeliest of heroes will, will emerge with some of these overtime games in this particular series. So uh, that's pretty much what I'm going to stay with, just to draw. Like I said, I don't want anything on the side. De facto, I'm kind of rooting for Carolina to keep that home trend going. Uh, and, but I think it's going to take a lot longer than 60 minutes tonight. Yeah, and a few props. Um, I'm coming back to Stefan Nason again. I, I talked about it in game one. This guy could make an impact. He's given him power play minutes. He's up the lineup now for Rod Brindamore. Uh, his props are undervalued compared to Ajo uh, and some of the other big guns on this Carolina team, Natchez. I mean, all of a sudden, there's sneaky value in player props for Stefan Nason, who found the back of the net, of course, for Carolina in game one. Again, when we're talking with uh, Nason here, his point prop is only even money, plus 110 at FanDuel. And the goal prop is plus 350 at some spots. That's an incredible price for a guy that's going to get opportunities. He's a big body. He's he's fit in nicely here with Carolina. I think that's a great look. I I'm going to stick by Tara Vinen, too. He was pretty quiet in game one, but he's still been a player uh, prop you know, guy in the playoffs in recent years, so I don't mind that. And Brent Burns, someone said it in our chat. Yes, he's been going over his shots on goal routinely. He's pounding the puck a lot. Brent Burns shots on goal over. Brent Burns to get a point, which cashed very early. Beauty assist, beauty apple he had on the power play there. Brent Burns uh, on the first uh, Carolina goal, uh, finding Ajo on the power play. So Brent Burns to get a point, which is still a pretty decent price. I'm looking at the odds right now. Uh, Brent Burns over shots on goal I like, and the point prop minus 142. Uh, still a good enough price, though. I'll, I'll look to bet that as well. 
uh, in this one. Uh, Joel, what do you think here? Game two with uh, New York and Carolina. Yeah, I like I like Carolina. Um, they've just been they've been good all year, and the team defense. Um, I think that shines a little bit, a little bit stronger than the relying on the goalie. I think uh, just the way they play, they're so tight defensively. Um, I, I'd like to give the edge to Carolina. I think for sure in game two, especially the way they play at home. Yeah, very good at home, uh, liking them. Like I said, I think they'll win the game, but I'm hoping they win it in overtime. That would make me very happy and a little bit richer. Uh, might, well. might happen. Absolutely. And at that price, plus 340, worth a shot, no doubt. All right, game two in the other Eastern Conference first-round series taking place tonight, Florida and Boston. We've got the Bruins, minus 220, home favorites, six the total uh, in this one. Um, I thought Florida could take a lot of positives from the loss in game one. They actually carried the game flow. And what I mean by that is they had the puck more. They had more shots. They probably had more offensive zone time than Boston, but they didn't achieve a high degree of quality out of it. You know, a lot of their shots were to the outside, and I thought, you know, while they had a lot of shots and they had the puck on their stick, much of that game, did they generate a lot of high quality? I don't think so. So that's the concern. But I, it's still a positive. You know, it's better than Boston having the puck all night and being in, your, in the Florida zone all night. So the Panthers can take some... Uh, solace from that, even though they lost in game one. And they actually look like they're going to get healthier here because Sam Bennett, who's been out for a while uh, down the stretch for Florida, looks like he's going to return uh, to the lineup here for the Panthers in game two tonight. So <clears throat> that is definitely good news for the uh, Panthers. They are not uh, pulling the cord on Alex Lyon uh, after game one. Really, he had that horrible goal that he gave up to Brad Marchand off the glove and in. It was like a uh, Ethos baseball pitch type of shot from Marshawn. 70 miles per hour. Uh, it was some, something he should have had. But I think he's earned another start because I don't know if Bobrovsky would have done any better for a guy that's been up and down all season for Florida and hasn't played in a while uh, coming off the illness he had. And Lyon was excellent other than that horrible goal he gave up. He couldn't have done anything. About Marshawn's done that to a few goalies over his career. Though. I think he's I think he's got that underrated uh, heavy, heavy snapshot of his. So. Uh, yep. He's done that to a few yep. guys. So you've seen it before, then, where it's like a. It looks like, hey, the I've got, I might have done it to a few goalies in my day too. So ah, okay. never under you know you gotta <laughs> give give Lion a bit of a pass there. Bear yourself uh, to yeah, Brett Marchand now. Good stuff. <laughs> 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 no, he's a great player, though. You're right. I I kind I agree with your points though about that. He does feel like his shots a little bit. Yeah, uh, under underrated. He's got, he's got a great yeah, shot. Yeah, he's got. There's some heaviness to it that I think. Uh, I mean, he's been in the league a long time, but he can shoot the puck. So, yeah, you know, catch catch a guy a little bit off guard for sure. Maybe there's no doubt about that. So, this is a tricky game because look, I don't want to step in front of Boston, but at the same time, I really truly believe Florida's throwing a lot, at, including the kitchen sink at the uh, uh, Boston Bruins in this game. So. And I also think that after game one stayed under, which was kind of frustrating for me because I did like the over and game. I thought at 3-1 after the second period, we were still in very good shape to at least get a push out of that. And sure enough, the game ends up still staying uh, under the total. I'm not deviating from that thought process, though. Uh, that was the first game all season, including the regular season, between Florida and Boston uh, to stay under the total. I'm going to go back to the over here tonight with Florida and Boston. Over six, uh, minus 120. And rather than trusting Florida to win the game tonight, uh, I do think they're going to uh, pepper a lot of more shots tonight. Uh, you know, even though you know they still have the home games, they don't want to go down two nothing. 
I'm taking a, a, a small shot because this is Boston. You can't have the utmost confidence when you're trying to you go against this team in some fashion, but I'm going to go with that Panthers team total tonight over two and a half. Again, all they need is three goals. All they need is three. It's not a bad price. Uh, I think they're going to throw a lot here. It's, I'd, I'd trust that rather than the than them to win the game because I don't trust them fully to win the game. I think Boston's just better. But I see something like a 4-3, 5-3 type of final score, most likely for Boston, not Florida. So Because you have to have some kind of game flow in mind with series wagers and game-to-game adjustments. Yep. And that's what I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see a little more high-event hockey tonight. I think Florida was trying to play sound in their own end and they still lost, I think they're going to try to ramp it up. It's not Paul Maurice's preference to do this, but I think they're going to try to get this more run-and-gun, freewheeling, up-and-down, north-south style of hockey tonight, Florida. Try to open things up a little bit here against this Boston team. So those are the two bets for me as far as the side in total. Florida team total over 2.5 at a nice even money price, but the bigger bet for me is over 6 for the uh, full game total here, uh, minus 120 uh, in this one. And there's a few shots on goal props I like here too. Uh, Posternock, even though he stayed under the last game, I'm still going back to the well because he's been more often than not going over his shot prop to brusque over shots I like. On the Florida side, Montour, I think is going to shoot the puck a lot more. Uh, I like uh, Forsling as well from the blue line has been an underrated shot prop guy lately for Florida. So I like that one. Maybe Bennett coming back into the lineup. He's just so anxious and excited to be back that he ends up going over his shot prop. So I like the shot props uh, in this game. Uh, overall uh, and like I say I'm going to go with the Panthers team total over smaller and bigger on the over six uh, Alex uh, Florida Boston game two did I did I hear you say earlier that Paul Maurice might actually utilize what helped this team win a president's trophy last year and actually play some run and gun up and down hockey he even said it he said we might look toward you know getting a little bit more aggressive with our blue line he actually said it in his what? statement his press conference yesterday in the off day so thankfully hallelujah what a novel fucking concept. Way to wait till game 84 to use that, huh? Uh it's just crazy. But you know, that I listen, I think I think Florida's going to have a much better effort here tonight. And uh, you know, there's a couple of things I like here. And like you said, it kind of you know runs in that same kind of game flow theory. I love the first period over here. I played that yesterday, late a dollar thirty. I like that up to a dollar forty, dollar forty-five. I think like so we're gonna see the goals. I think we're gonna see it early. Also, we look at both teams to score in the first period. I could see Florida maybe jumping out and getting yeah. that first goal and Boston answering right back. I think it's going to be that kind of, uh, you know, fighting in the phone booth kind of a, of a game. We see back and forth, and I wouldn't be shocked if we see Florida up 3-2 heading into the third period, and that tying goal comes from someone unlikely. I'm going Garnet Hathaway plus 650 as an anytime goal scorer. And I feel like he that's one of those roles where he, he's brought in for, right? Come in late. Third, you know, line guy, but they bring him in and bring a little energy. Maybe they shift him up a little bit. And he gets that that kind of a tying goal. He's one of those guys that usually kind of uh, chips in and, and gets that dirty work done. And I like the draw here. Uh, grab that plus 365. I took a small shot with that. I could see this one going, he said, 3-3 in overtime. And I think Boston ends it pretty quickly to be pretty crippling loss for Florida. You go in the OT in Boston, and then I think they lose this one maybe two, three minutes in. And now they got to get back on a plane, go home, down 0-2, and then that's where the doubt really starts to creep in. And uh, hopefully that would be leading to what I bet at the beginning of this, Boston and Ford at plus 500. There we go. So that's what we're open for. Yeah, you think, just like me, Florida's going to push back hard tonight. And like I said, I think they can get to three goals. I still don't trust them fully to win the game, and I don't think Alex does either. 
fully trust them to uh, win the game, but they will have a better effort here tonight. So that's what I'm going with. Like I say, Panther team total over two. I like a lot of Alex's looks. First period over. Both teams to score first period. Sprinkle on the draw because I think Florida's going to be in this game. So uh, I might even jump on a couple of those. Uh, what do you think here? And by the way, Joel Broda, talk about class act. What edit, podcast and video show etiquette there. He was sneezing a minute ago and he had the mic muted. So uh, <laughs> amazing stuff. He uh, That's well done there. That's what you call show etiquette. Uh, Joel, what do you think here? Florida, Boston. Yeah, I, I like your guys' bets. I think uh, it's going to get back to two pretty offensive teams. I think it's definitely going to play the over 4-3, 5-3 game. So I like that. I do like Boston. I just think the, the year they're having, um, they're they're firing on all cylinders and, and uh, they're a well, well-oiled machine. And I just see them roll. And I, I like Alex bet that they're going to take in four. It's going to be close. It's going to be a tough series. But like you said, if it goes overtime or something tonight and, and Boston gets it done, which which they've had a knack for doing this year, then um, that might be the nail in the coffin. So, All right, there we go. Good stuff uh, indeed. All right, that's the first two games of this card. 216 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button and shout out to our podcast listeners as well. Appreciate you joining us. We'll be back to talk about the two games out west in their first round. Game two matchups, Minnesota-Dallas, L.A. Edmonton coming up right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we're back and it is time to go out west. And it's Minnesota-Dallas, game two. And what do these teams have left in the tank after a hard-fought, physical, in-the-trenches warfare? That's what it felt like watching Wild Stars uh, in game one. We'll see what they have left in game two in their reserve. Uh, Dallas minus 150, uh, home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. You know, that a really gutsy win by Minnesota, first of all. Look, and that was a game where both teams took turns controlling the play. I thought Minnesota was the better team in the first period. Dallas came on and got better and stronger as the game went on. Minnesota could have ended it very early in the first overtime. Ottinger made a couple of incredible saves. And then after that, it was pretty much all Dallas, you know, in the rest of the first overtime and into the second overtime. I mean, all the chances, I think the ones that I stand out is Wyatt Johnston missed a wide open net, just shot it wide. Uh, the, the post shot by Rope Hints on the power play, the wide open net for Mason Marchment that Brock Faber made an incredible play diving, getting the stick on it and deflecting it out of play, which would have been, I think, the game winner right there uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. And then Ryan Hartman just seconds later with the uh, empty uh, net goal. 
this kind of feels like win one for the Gipper night for Joe Pavelski, who of course suffered the uh, hit at the hands of Matt Dumba. I'm upset about the hit because it took Pavelski out of the series probably, and at least for game two, and he's not playing tonight. And Peter DeBoer just committed to tonight that he's not playing uh, here uh, tonight in uh, this game. So uh, interesting to see how it goes, but we're going to go with Dallas here, minus one. And that's the way I'm going to – I don't want to lay this price, minus 150. I don't. Now it's at a point where it's just a little too high, too rich for my blood. So for me, it's going to be take Dallas down to the minus one puck line. It's plus 108, you know, at that price at Pinnacle. That way, if they win by exactly one goal, it's a push, you know, no harm, no foul. With the chance that maybe Dallas can extend the margin here because, you know, obviously this is a very important game for them. Don't want to go down 2 nothing here. Uh, in this uh, series. Uh, Gustafson, very good. Ottinger, very good, obviously, in that uh, last game. But this is just the preferred route, you know, because I knew I'd be looking at Dallas in game two after the game one loss. But uh, I don't feel comfortable minus 150 because this is going to be a close game, most likely. Again, I also probably might sprinkle on the draw just a little bit. I like the draw a lot more in game one. I don't know. The way I see this going is I could see Dallas um, putting a hammer down tonight, potentially. You know, I'm not saying they're going to win, you know, 7-3 like Tampa did last night. But, you know, 3-1, 4-1, Dallas, I could see it. Ottinger playing well. Maybe a little bit more traffic in front of the net. And keep in mind, the Wild are still very much shorthanded, too. I know Pavelski is a huge loss for Dallas. They have to adjust the uh, top line going into this game tonight. Robertson, Hints, and Sagan are going to be on the top line. I like Sagan props, for sure. Overshots, maybe to get a point, get a goal, getting that boost in the uh, uh, lineup. Uh, Joel, that's one thing we talk about from a betting perspective on this show is that when a player goes up the lineup, you know, second line to top line, third line to a top six role, you automatically get value in their player props. They're playing with better players. They're shooting the puck more. They get more ice time, more opportunities. Logically, that makes sense to you, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so that's exactly why I think Tyler Sagan, yeah, props are worth a look here tonight in this game. I actually like what Terry Edelman, our resident Minnesota fan, is saying in the chat about Nyquist. Why not? He scored in four, uh, a point in four straight games. I think if you're going to look at an undervalued Minnesota player to get a point tonight, that's I, I probably will bet that, honestly. And look, I want some Minnesota Wild props, even though I like Dallas in the game, because I do think uh, that uh, Minnesota can still chip in uh, a little bit. So Gus Nyquist, Point prop is very reasonable uh, here in this game tonight. Uh, I don't mind that whatsoever. Uh, again, no um, Velsky, but kind of feels like for one game, everybody can pull up the bootstraps. There's still no Klingberg, by the way. And Sunquist and Eric Sinek, you know, last check, I don't believe they're playing tonight for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, Eric Sinek with the lower body injuries, questionable right now for game two. Uh, you know, I know they won game one without him, but still talking about a guy that you miss his offense, his face-off prowess, his excellent defensive play uh, away from the puck. So might be without Eric Sinek for a second straight game here as well. So for me, it's just a small, tiny pinch on the draw, but mostly Dallas minus one, plus 108, the puck line. And I want the minus one. I don't want any minus one and a half. I want the minus one security in case they win by exactly one goal. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Wild Stars. So I'm going to lead this off with what you should do if you like a side in the series. If you like Dallas, if you haven't gotten down on Dallas already with a dollar forty or uh, you know Dallas to win in six, now's your time to grab that. But shop around yep. and get a plus price because I'm seeing you know picking prices all over the place. So you want to get plus money on that. Don't lay anything uh, if you don't have to. If you like Minnesota in this series, 
Uh, I would assume that you already have it in pocket, but if not, here's what you play. You play <coughs> Minnesota to win this game small. You play Minnesota to sweep at plus 900, and you play Minnesota to win in five at plus 600. Because if they can go back home 2-0, and I don't see the Wild losing game three. Uh, I, I said this in my preview. I, I just I felt very strongly about the Wild in game three. So if you're looking at it from that angle, a 2-0, you know, uh, sweet, a start heading back home is essentially a 3-0 start. So now you might as well put plus 900 in pocket now because that won't be around if they win this game tonight. That's going to be cut in half and obviously cut even smaller if they go through up 3-0. So put that in pocket if you do like the Wilds to win the series and you think they can win this game tonight. Uh, as far as attacking the game individually goes, I did sprinkle on the draw a little bit. And, you know, Isaac in the chat makes a great point. Yeah, for Dallas to win this game, they need to avoid overtime. They need to put the screws to Minnesota and win this thing in regulation. They should cover the one and a half, to be honest. So I get Ian why you like that that minus one play play it safe if it goes OT and they win you just push it. Uh, but I'm gonna just stay with the draw. Maybe look to, to pick off some spots in game. I think we do see goals going back both ways, but maybe not a lot of early. I think we see a lot more physicality early, obviously, with what transpired with game one and the different hits. And, you know, uh, everybody was upset with what Ryan Suter was doing, the Kaprizov, hitting him in the back a bunch of times. And, of course, Dumba's hit on Pavelski. So uh, we're going to see that chippiness. We're going to see a lot more. We're going to see a lot more four-on-fours. That's clearly what how the refs are calling these things. Now, they're calling everything even. They don't want to give anybody an advantage, and, and they want to restore order. So we're seeing a lot more of the four-on-four calls instead of, you know, they're singling out yep. one guy and a power play being an advantage for one team or the other. So that's something to really keep an eye on, and that's something to be aware of if you're looking for totals going over. Yeah, exactly, which we might see. I don't know. I just get that sense that the sneaky over could be tonight. Could be. I'm not, I don't have the guts to bet it because the goaltending is just so – Rock solid right now. Like both guys are in great form. Gustafson and Ottinger, they were excellent in game one. But I sometimes like overs in games off a massive overtime game. And the goalies faced a lot of shots that maybe they're a little bit more vulnerable to letting a goal in or two tonight uh, in this game. So uh, I, I, I haven't bet it yet, and I don't know if I will, but I'm tempted, tempted at least by the over a little bit tonight. And, and, I, and I, want, I just want to make it clear, too, because I'm, I'm reading the chat. Yeah, I haven't bet those angles that I talked about with Minnesota, but that is the way to bet if you like Minnesota in this game or in this series. That's the proper way to do it. You take a unit and split it up amongst tonight to, to end the series in a sweep and to end the series in five games, and then you ensure yourself a way more profit uh, moving forward. That's great. That's great advice. That's great money management advice and sound advice. If you're on board with Minnesota in this series, uh, for sure. Uh, that's uh, that's a good way of approaching it, no doubt. Uh, Joel, what do you think here? Minnesota, Dallas game two. Yeah, plenty of drama in that uh, series going on with all the hits and stuff. Um, I kind of like the wild in game two. I, I like uh, I like Alex's prediction there and, and um, you know, the fact that Dallas is a little more shorthanded now, I think I gotta give uh, Minnesota the nod here. The former uh, former club. You got a new best friend, by the way, in our chat, Joel. With that statement, Terry, <laughs> you know, love you to death now. <laughs> so you like Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. I just think uh, they're kind of young and they've they've gone through their their rebuild, and uh, I think they're kind of poised to uh, to keep taking steps forward here. There you go. Like in Minnesota, it's not a bad price. Like plus 130, they won game one. There is more pressure ratcheting up on Dallas tonight. 
uh, in this game. So I understand it. I totally do. Uh, I totally do. I don't fault anyone for taking a shot with Minnesota, but I'm not pulling the plug on Dallas after a game one overtime loss. I can't, you know, I've got to stick to it. You know, you, you, you said Dallas before the series, you're not jumping off the bandwagon after one game. I could see me doing it with Toronto because that was a horseshit game last night from them, but Dallas was right there. They didn't play a bad game. It was just, they didn't get the overtime bounce. They didn't get the overtime goal. Uh, they didn't capitalize on one of their chances and Minnesota did. I mean, that's how close it was, the razor-thin margin. Uh, so uh, we'll see how it goes, but very important game tonight, obviously. Same with this one. Final game on this slate for this Wednesday night. West first round, game two, LA Kings, Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton minus 230, home favorites. Six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this one. Man, did I pick the right way to attack it uh, in game one with Edmonton. I focused more on the first period puck line. Uh, with Edmonton saying that after losing game one at home to LA last year, the first period they'd have a better start. They did. Problem is they, it, it stayed two nothing after that great first period. They're all over LA. They're swarming Jonas Corposalo, Connor McDavid doing a, you know, going right through the entire Kings team for a chance that he almost scored on. They scored on the power play after that. They got a five on three up two nothing early. But then the whole second period goes by and Edmonton kind of took their foot off the gas and they just not totally, but a little bit. And it stayed two nothing. They weren't playing terrible and LA wasn't doing a lot, but it stayed two nothing for a long time. And Joel, I've said this all playoffs and Alex and I both with this, these games that stay two nothing and the team that's up two nothing doesn't make it three nothing. You're inviting the other team back into the game. And sure enough, L.A. early third period gets that next goal. And instead of Edmonton getting it to 3 nothing, which probably would have put it away, L.A. gets it to 2-1 to one with Kempe's goal. Then Edmonton actually makes it 3-1 with Dreisaitl. And then L.A. again, Kempe strikes to get it quickly right back again and make it 3-2. And it's a game again. And sure enough, ill-timed penalty late in the third period allows Todd McClellan to pull the goalie and get 6-on-4. And the Kings tie it. In the final seconds with Kopitar, a scramble uh, in the goal crease area. And then in overtime, another bad penalty by Vinny D'Arnais, you know, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. A penalty you can't take. And I don't know what he was so upset about. It was clear as penalty. It was a bad penalty to take. And L.A. ends the game on the power play there. Alex Aya follows. So just like that, uh, they let it slip away. And a game that Edmonton was in control of for two periods, uh, they end up losing in uh, – overtime in game one so how do they respond here we did see how they responded last year they put the boots to la in game two uh, at home after losing game one i'm not sure this king's team is going to be a put the boots to them type of outfit you know even if edmonton plays better uh here uh tonight in this game so you know uh, la is a i've said this in this series i loved edmonton in the playoffs and finally break through and maybe win the west and i still think they would can win this series and and i think the i'm still standing by them that they will but this la team is good they're they're they are mentally tough they are resilient their defense and their goaltending is a lot better after getting gavrikov gavrikov was outstanding by the way in game one for the kings he was breaking up plays his defense defense on mcdavid at times was as good as you could play him and it's tough as fuck as we all know uh, okay. to defend Connor mcdavid uh, and uh, but he did a good job. Corpostalo kept the minute. This is not going to be an easy series and an easy road back for Edmonton. But you know we're just like with Dallas. You know I'm kind of not ready to abandon ship here. I'm going to go with a couple of things here in this one. 
uh, as far as the uh, side goes. We're going to go with a little bit on uh, Edmonton here in the uh, first period puck line again, split with a minus one, a little, uh, and I'm going to split them up between those two. So minus a half, plus 130, first period, minus one, a little pricey, I will admit, at minus 148 at Pinnacle, but we'll go with that as a split. And I'm also actually going to take a little small shot on LA money line too, because the way I'm going to approach it is I want to cover all bases here uh, in this game. A good start for Edmonton, you know, a chance to maybe blow them out, but if, the, if this game's tight late, LA can steal it. So it's a it's a unique approach, but I find it's the best way to go about it here uh, in this game. I've still got more money pot committed on Edmonton tonight with the first period puck line and the and the full game puck line, but I'm also doing that small sprinkle on the LA money line just because I think just on the surface plus 190. That's a bit high to be given a team like the uh, LA Kings right now. As far as props go in this game uh, here tonight, uh, the, the over is probably the lean for me as far as the total goes. And the, the bet that I like, the single – I haven't even gotten to the bet I like the most in this game. It's Corpusalo over saves because I think Edmonton is really firing the puck a lot tonight. I expect a 30, 35-shot, maybe even a 40-shot performance tonight from this Edmonton Oilers team trying to avoid the 0-2 deficit. And I think at only 29 and a half, by the way, the save prop for Jonas Corposalo tonight uh, in this game. You've got to expect the game flow is going to be carried by Edmonton. They, they need this one. You know, even though they've been a great road team, you don't want to go down 2 nothing uh, in this series uh, to L.A. So uh, that's where we're rolling here. Jonas Corposalo for the uh, L.A. Kings over the save prop 29 and a half, which is a very reasonable number considering the way I think Edmonton's going to come out firing that puck tonight. Uh, Alex, uh, game two uh, in the West, Kings Oilers. Yeah, I'm. You know, it's funny. I co-signed you on that Edmonton first period puck line in game one, but didn't bet it myself. So I'm just taking that. Uh, this one at plus one twenty-five, <laughs> the half a goal. And uh, like I said, I'm just kind of just going to go in and out with that. I, I think Edmonton should win this game easily uh, and tie the series up. Like I said, I, I like the series going six games, and I thought it could easily be a split in games one and two anyway. So uh, there's no other way I really want to attack it. Like I said, I might, I'll obviously be watching the game, so I might look for something in the game. But just going to stick with that first period puck line. I trust Edmonton to to at least – obviously the adjustments they're going to make from game one to game two would have nothing to do with the first 20 minutes of play because that was fantastic. It was the last 35 minutes of play uh, that were problematic. So uh, I think they'll try to come out with that same energy they had in game one and game two, but they just have to find a way to sustain that energy uh, in the second and third period. Greatest price, but I am on Connor McDavid, goal scorer, minus 120. A small sprinkle on two-plus and the hat trick as well for Connor. But the primary bet is uh, anytime goal scorer, minus 120. Uh, but again, I find in a game where he didn't do a whole lot, I mean, in, in terms of offensive production in game one uh, tonight and with his team losing, he's done this before in the playoffs, including against L.A., and then he's a monster, you know, the game after a loss. So McDavid to score and a little bit on the two-plus goal prop. For McDavid tonight, uh, definitely interested in that. And I'm going back to the well with Evan Bouchard once again for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. This is at ludicrous that the point prop for him is plus 105 at Betway, the score bet, plus 102 at FanDuel, plus 100 at BetMGM. Are you kidding me? Like Evan Bouchard is getting the number one power play. He's taken all the minutes and opportunity left that with Tyson Berry getting traded to Nashville. He's firing the puck a lot. He's even money. He's even plus 105 in some spots to get a point in this game tonight. And, of course, he scored uh, the other night in the uh, game one uh, against the uh, L.A. Kings. So 
yeah, it's still continuing to be a ridiculous value right now with Evan Bouchard props for the Edmonton Oilers, who has just walked into that power play quarterback role uh, on the blue line and a great offensive-minded defenseman. He is quickly becoming here for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, what do you think here, Joel? Game two, Kings-Oilers. Yeah, I definitely like Edmonton. Um, you know, I think um, it's a little bit uh, – it'll be interesting to see how they respond, but I think, you know, they're a mature group. They've had a few playoff runs here. Um, you know, they have a more experienced group that uh, – they're going to realize that, you know, this run they've been on at, at, the, at the last tail end of the season being so hot, they, they knew that was going to come to an end. And, and um, I, I think they're going to nip it in the butt right away here. I don't think they're going to let it linger. Um, I do really like the, the thoughts of um, Connor and Dryside on those guys having a big response and, you know, they're just going to take it as a, a bit of a learning curve uh, as far as, you know, you can't let teams hang around. You gotta finish them off. You gotta make make the most of those chances. You can't take your foot off the gas because because that happens. You let teams hang around and and weird stuff happens uh, in the playoffs at the end of games. So um, I do think that uh, they're gonna come out like you said, firing the puck a lot, guns a blazing. Um, McDavid, I, I'm gonna be kind of looking for him to kind of take over the series, like you said, like last year. Uh, I think he's. I think he's kind of taking it on personally and, and seems like he's playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I know we we're all excited last year when you see him just kind of elevate his game and, and just kind of take over series like he did at the end of the first round and, and against Calgary. And I think, uh, I think, you know, for him not getting a point um, is obviously pretty rare this year. And I think that's just going to give him that extra motivation that he's just going to step his game up and take it to another level here for the rest of the series. So, Definitely like Edmonton, and I think uh, might be a bit of a blowout tonight. Might be a bit of a blowout. I, I kind of sense it might be too, but I don't want to sell L.A. short. Uh, and if they don't have the yeah. good start, and this is tight, you know, beyond back half of the game. If we get to the midway mark of the second period, and this is like one nothing or 1-1 one, one or 2-1, two, 2-2, two, two, something like that, Edmonton's playing with fire, you know, and they might get burned. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Very important, that early uh, start to uh, this one, no question. But a good game. And a couple, like I say, for shot props, McDavid. I like McDavid's shot props, the goal prop, the two-plus goal prop uh, sprinkle as well. Dreisaitl shots over. Kempe shots over. Uh, and Kopitar for L.A. That Those are the guys that I would focus on for uh, shots on goal as far as this Kings-Oilers game is concerned. Uh, absolutely great stuff. Uh, and we thank Joel Broda, our special guest, for joining us. Uh, hit the like button, 225 live viewers on YouTube. We will be back uh, to wrap up the show in just a moment with our best bets right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS, that's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. 
Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit. And the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0. We'll take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, good stuff there. All right, uh, appreciate it, Emily. There, funny stuff. I was l- laughing at uh, <laughs> Emily's comments after the uh, Manscaped ad. Tr- uh, trim your nuts and wash your ass. Uh, I'll, look, we can say anything we want here. We always uh, let everything go uncensored. I'll say this too: nothing feels better when you're in the shower and a bar of soap up and down right through the rectum. I'm telling you, you clean out that butt. <laughs> it's just, it, it, you feel so much better after. I mean, you really, really, you really, really do. I mean, just seriously. I mean, I always feel nice and fresh after that. So I get what you're saying, uh, Emily, in the uh, chat. It's uh, uh, thorough. I mean, right up there, and you feel so much better. It's like a weight off your shoulders. (laughs) I couldn't resist when I saw "Wash Your Ass." I'm like, I know what she's saying, Emily. She's 100% right. Yeah, it's just, uh, it just feels so much better. All right, best bets. Hopefully everybody will be feeling better with our best bets and putting some money in our pockets for this uh, Wednesday card. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? <laughs> I'm going to go with the Boston Bruins and Florida Panthers. First period over one and a half minus a dollar thirty. Um, you know, this is definitely, you know, Florida's got to come out swinging here in, in this first period. And and they got to match that intensity and pace that we saw from, from Boston in, in the first uh, 15, 20 minutes of play in game one. And they know the importance of they can't afford to go down 0-2. I think it's still going to happen. But I think they're going to have their best hockey in that first 20 minutes, as will Boston. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's go over one and a half minus thirty. That is my best bet. All right, there you go. Uh, liking that uh, first period over. Florida Panthers, Boston Bruins, uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Joel, uh, awesome, awesome job uh, with us here on the uh, show today. Maybe get you back later on during the playoffs, but a uh, best bet, uh, throw one at us. Uh, my best bet, I, I'm going to go with uh, the over on uh, the Florida-Boston game. I think it's going to be a more high-scoring game. Uh, I, like them. I like the over in that game. All right, there you go. Uh, Florida, Boston, over six, minus 120, uh, best bet for uh, Joel Broda. Uh, my best bet for this uh, card, um, I'm going to go with Dallas, minus one, plus 108 uh, at, against uh, Minnesota. And again, I like the plus 108 at minus one. I, I'm not crazy about laying a buck 50, so I like Dallas, minus one, uh, plus 108 uh, for the uh, puck line against Minnesota for a uh, best bet here on the show. Joel, uh, someone's saying in the chat, Mo Harris, Joel looks stoned. No, he's just relaxed. I think that's all it is. I'm he's in Arizona. He's relaxed. That, I'd be relaxed. <laughs> no, I'm just, re- I'm just relaxed. No, uh, no. Yeah. 
See, that's what you get. We've got to keep this chat under, uh, you know, under control most days, Joel. That's what you get sometimes with uh, some of our viewers and listeners. But uh, awesome stuff. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. Joel, it's been a blast. Hope you enjoyed your first time on the Ice Guys show. Yeah, no, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah. Really, uh, not uh, not a super uh, big sports better, but uh, really informative. And uh, maybe who knows? Maybe I'll start throwing a few bets around now that I got some tips here. So, you got people that work their ass off and know hockey and uh, yeah, profitable right. long term. So you got the right people in your corner if you're going to dabble. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Why not? No, no question. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Joel. For Alex B. Smith and our special guest Joel Broda, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again. Tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.